to the Prophecy Club. I'm going to start with a question that's going to lead us to the broadcast today. What nation is considered to be the greatest nation on earth? What nation is considered to have the greatest military, the greatest economy? And what nation has a president whose last campaign slogan was, Make America Great Again? Keep remembering that word, great, as we go through this. Today, we're going to be answering one big question. That is, you as a prophecy teacher, you as someone that begins to get people coming to you saying, please, can you answer a question? Can you help me to understand what in the world is going on? What's going on with all these earthquakes, with these wars, these rumors of war? What's going on with this world government and this beast rising up? And people are going to begin to come to you because, A, you know, and because, B, and more important, God is sending them to you because you're one of the few out there that can give them answers. So someone comes to you and says, is America in the Bible? What do you say? Well, yesterday's broadcast was the first step in that direction. But today, let's dig a little deeper. Today, we're going to go to Revelation 18. Now, I've got my Bible open here, my electronic Bible on the computer, but I'm going to be reading to you from what I wrote when I memorized the book of Revelation frankly, because I'm more familiar with it, having memorized it and seen these words written on page many times. Also, I have my notes off in the, uh, the, the margin. So today, someone comes to you and says, is America in the Bible? Some people are saying it's not. Matter of fact, if you ask most people out there, they will tell you it's not because they expect to find it in there where it says the United States of America, <laughs> or at least the word America. Well, if God had put some bad things in the Bible and used the word America, you can rest on one thing, that our founding fathers, which were Christians, which knew the Bible, which were raised on the Bible, that's the book that they read to learn how to read English, they would have known that some bad things were written about some future nation called America, and that's the one word they would have never called it. All right. I mean, just like how many people do you meet on the street that are named Judas? In other words, when Judas got a bad reputation, no one wants to name their child Judas. So if the word America was in the Bible or the United States of America or anything like that, and it had bad words against it, our founding Christian fathers would have never named it America. Okay, so God had to give it a hidden name, and he did. As a matter of fact, he calls it the Mystery Babylon, or Daughter of Babylon. Okay, so let's go into it. Revelation 18. Someone says, is America in the Bible, in my opinion, the very best chapter to go to to show them is Revelation 18. So we're going to talk about that. It says, after these days, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. The Bible doesn't tell us the name of this angel. As a matter of fact, most angels in the Bible are not named, and most people that get an angel visit do not tell the people their name. And those people I've heard that actually ask the angel for their name were either rebuked or they were simply told, I'm not going to tell you my name, because they don't want anything to get any glory but Jesus. So it doesn't tell us the name of the angel, but it says that it has great power. And in my opinion, this is probably not... Michael. Michael watches over the Israelites or the children of Israel. This is probably the angel that watches over America. And this angel that has done his best trying to get America to stay on course 
now has to fully come down and say, nope, she's messed up. Here it is. I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. That's really bright. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now, as you go through this, I'm going to point out where we see the word great or the great, because in my opinion, Donald J. Trump hung that name around America's neck. We are the great. And of course, God already knew uh, 2,000 years ago when he gave this to the, the prophet John the Revelator, that one day this nation would be called the great. He calls it Babylon, and this is what the angel told uh, Dimitri. He said, and God, he says, why does he call it Babylon? He says, because America was started to be a Christian nation. But instead of following Christ, they welcomed other gods. They let in the Sodomite church, the Mormon church, and all kinds of wickedness. Jesus doesn't live in sin. He lives in holiness. I brought you here so you could cry out loud. And he goes on to say the rest of the message. Meaning Babylon is the name that he gives a nation that once was following him but fell away. It's also the literal meaning for the word Babylon is confusion. You see, America used to not be confused. We used to know that Jesus is the Christ. But today, uh, well, we're not quite sure. You know, maybe Muslims, maybe their God is okay. Maybe the Buddhist God, maybe the Hindu God. Well, you know, you just have to accept all religions. Uh, no, <laughs> No, no, no. We only accept Christ. We can be kind. We can be friendly to those people that have other gods. But no, they are not gods. We know they're not gods. Okay, let's move on. Babylon the Great. Now, as we go through this, I want you to hear how many times it uses the great. Also, it says, is fallen, is fallen. Well, why would the Bible repeat is it because we just need to make the book a little fatter? <laughs> One of the things I told our printer that was printing my book, I said, I want you to use the thinnest paper possible, just one step step up from Bible paper, because Bible paper is is like the thinnest paper that is made. It's barely in paper. <laughs> but uh, th this next book called The Miss the Mark, uh, I'll tell you about that in just a second. I haven't even been talking about it because it's not printed yet, but it is probably going to go to the printers here in the next week or so, and then I'll start talking about it. And when we have them or almost have them, then we'll talk about them. But I was going to, I had it do the same six by nine size, and I was going to have it on the same nice white thin paper as the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. But when it came back, they said, well, see, I wanted it to be short. I wanted it to be very, very simple. I wanted a book that you could hand to someone that has never heard of Jesus, never heard of the Bible, don't know anything about the end times, don't know anything about Bible prophecy. One quick, short read book that a person would get in their hands and say, oh, well, this is a quick, easy read. I'll go ahead and read it. So it's written very simply, very short, succinct, and to the point. But I wanted it to be a book. I didn't want it to be a pamphlet. Well, it's so it's so short that when I put it on the thin paper and when I put it in the small uh, text as we do and the way we put two columns to get more text on the page like we did with Secret Door, 
all of a sudden it was so small, they said, well, it has to be 48 pages for it to be perfect bound. Now, perfect bound means that it actually is glued in the back and actually has a flat back on it, as opposed to it just being folded over and stapled. I said, no, I don't want it folded over and stapled. So in this case, we had to actually increase the size of the font. We had to get thicker paper because it has to be at least 48 pages to be what they call perfect bound or to have a flat back. It's going to be a dynamite book, and I want it to be very easy to read, and I want them to see, oh, well, this won't take me any time to read at all, and it won't. It's not designed to be a long one. But I didn't want to be a pamphlet, and I didn't want it to be some little cartoon thing. So it's Long enough to be nice looking, but it's short enough to where they will say, oh, I can read this. All right. So anyway, back to what it's saying. So why does it have is fallen, is fallen? It has that because America falls twice. Isaiah 21, Revelation 14, 8, and Revelation, another word, verses in there, also in Revelation 18, all three has Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And the reason it is because we fall twice. The first one is because of the church. The first one is what Dimitri Dudeman talked about, where in the church there's abortion, adultery, fornication, sodomy, and all kinds of sin. In other words, the Russians attack us in the early days of World War III, and the primary reason, spiritually, is because of sins in the church. Well, that's what the angel's about to say here. He says, become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. So the first destruction is at the beginning of World War III, which is probably, based upon several sources, probably a couple of years, maybe as little as one year, before the tribulation starts, my opinion, and the opinion of others based upon years of study. But the second is fallen, happens on or just before, I mean very, very shortly before the Day of Trumpets, which is the last day, that's the day that Jesus returns to burn the tares and to gather the wheat into the barn. And that one is because she has shed the blood of saints and of prophets and all that dwell upon the earth. So the first one is what's about to happen when Russia attacks because of sins in the church. The second destruction is because she shed the blood of saints. So what happens is obviously we are attacked, we're taken over, and then the bloodletting begins, and we're no longer in charge of our nation. We are probably going to be disarmed, be one of the first things that happens, and then they will start killing Christians. Of course, that's all part of the mark of the beast, all part of the world government and things like that. But that's the reason it says, is fallen, is fallen. So when it says, Babylon the Great, is fallen, is fallen, today we would say, America, the great, is fallen twice. Once at the beginning of World War III for her sins, and the second time at the very end because she sheds the blood of saints and prophets and all that were slain upon the earth. Let's go on. And it's become the habitation of devils. Okay, what did we just see this past weekend in Seattle? Antifa. I mean, it's America is just filled with devils. Every place you go, people don't want to go to church. They don't want to read their Bible. They don't want to pray. They don't want to humble themselves. They want to live in the flesh. Well, the works of the flesh is the devil. That's what it's saying. It's become the habitation of devils. It's become a nation where devils live. Can't deny that. 
I mean, as you look around, yes, there are other nations. And, of course, this is going to be one of the things people will say to you. Well, wait a minute. There are other nations that are more evil than America. Yes, but those nations are not called to be Christian nations. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. So when we are righteous, we are the head. When we are not righteous, we are made the tail. In other words, for a Christian nation like America, there is no middle ground. We can't slide into the gray area. We can't slide and be lukewarm. We have to be either hot or cold. If we are lukewarm, he spits us out of the mouth. He spews us out of his mouth. So America is either hot for Jesus and the number one nation ruling the world and literally the greatest nation in the history of mankind, perhaps, or she's destroyed. No middle ground. Can't be lukewarm. Then the next phrase says, the hold of every foul spirit. Okay, what do you mean foul spirit? Okay, you remember America used to be a nation that had very few people that cussed or had curse words or had spoke profanity. I remember one day, um, this is long before I had any ideas that I would ever be in ministry. This is back when I used to call on businesses and uh, talk to the business owners and managers and bank presidents about putting their people in my training courses. And I remember I called on the television station in Topeka, Kansas. And uh, while I never just came out and told people I was a Christian out of context, out of place where it would make them uncomfortable, there were occasions where we would find ourselves in a conversation and it would just sort of, in the appropriate way, pop out. Well, it popped out with this particular manager of this television station. I'll never forget. And he said, well, you'll be interested in this. He said, they just approved just today to begin to use street language on television. Well, that was true because shortly after that, we began to hear street language or profanity or filth in the language. And of course, today, Americans all across the nation, you, 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 you can't go anyplace unless you're hearing somebody use the Lord's name in vain, and they say it so casually, like everybody's just going to accept that, or they use profanity or filth in their language. I mean, these days, it's pretty easy to spot someone that's not a Christian. You can spot them by their mouth. In other words, we are a nation that is a hold of every foul spirit, people with foul mouths, a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Again, what are we looking at right now on TV? In San Francisco, we're having where the homeless are <laughs> putting their excrement. It's not even uncomfortable. It's not even comfortable to say. It's uncomfortable to say. Putting their excrement on the sidewalks so much that businesses are closing down because no one will come to their business because of all, all the homeless. Well, that's a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Those are unclean people. And in, I understand in San Francisco, it's against the law to make a homeless person move from the street. <laughs> I was talking with a friend of mine last night, and I said, well, see, homeland, homelessness is a an outward appearance of the inward heart of the people in that area. The more Christians are in that area, the more that we see the homeless taken care of. So the less we see the homeless... I can remember a time in my life when I didn't ever see any homeless people. I mean, maybe in some of the big cities, but pretty much no homeless people. Why? 
because the Christians will not sit there and watch that. They're going to get out of their car, and they're going to go and help those people. There's going to be different organizations, different churches, places like that, that helps them. So they're not on the street. They're not sleeping in a tent. There's somebody someplace that is helping their fellow brothers and sisters. But the more that we get into selfishness, into the works of the devil, and the more that we start ignoring the plight of our fellow man, the fewer Christians are in the area, and so consequently there's more homeless. So the homeless is really a picture of the hearts of the people in that area. If you see a lot of homeless, you can tell there's very few people that are Christians in this area. A real good Christian area, you see almost no or no homelessness at all. So that's what it's saying. Let's back up here. So we would say Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen. Or we would say America the Great will be destroyed twice. And it's become the habitation of devils, a bunch of filthy people, a hold of every foul spirit, people with foul mouths, a cage of every unclean and hateful bird, people that ignore the homeless. They're just filthy, dirty people, not only fleshly, but also in their heart. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now, if you don't understand that, then a person would just read past that and say, well, I don't understand what that's saying. Okay, You have to understand what the definition. Uh, one of the things that I learned in my studies, if you want to understand the Bible, the King James Version, the authorized King James Version, is the most accurate version. I believe it to be the accurate version. But you also have to understand how to understand it. Now, yes, going back and looking up the Greek and Hebrew words, of course, is always a good idea. However, actually looking up the definition in the English dictionary is a very good way and sometimes the best way to understand what it's really talking about. So when it says fornication, you have to understand what that is. Fornication in our language today is having sex outside marriage. That's not the definition for fornication here. Fornication here, because this is in the eyes of God, fornication here means that you have turned away from the one true God and gone another way. That may mean just falling away, or that may mean going to another God. But think about how many times right now can we, if we were just sit and think, I bet you every one of us could think of at least two or three people whose parents were Christians, but they're not. Whose grandparents were Christians, but they're not. In other words, they were a lineage of Christians, but they have walked away. Uh, I can tell one. I better not say that. I better not say that. But you know what I'm talking about, okay? So in other words, they were Christians, but they aren't anymore. That's the definition of fornication. So when it says all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath, okay, when it says wine of the wrath, well, the wrath is the morning star, the ultimate wrath. That's the day of trumpets when Jesus returns to burn up the tares. That's the wrath. So when it says wine of the wrath, well, wine, probably in my opinion, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was probably a grape. Why? I don't think there's an apple. If you look through the Bible, you don't find any places in the Bible where the apple was bad. As a matter of fact, you don't find hardly any other fruit in the Bible that's talked about badly except the grape. The grape or the wine. I mean, for example, uh, Samson. He was told that he was not to even eat of the vine. In other words, no grapes. 
know why. He was had nothing to do with the vine, and of course, he had supernatural strength. So there's a lot. Uh, of course, the the last judgment is the grape harvest. That's when the vine of the earth is gathered and cast into the great wine press of God, and the wine press is trodden without the city and wine and blood came out of the wine press, even under the horse bridles by a space of a thousand six hundred furlongs. So, fornication is turning away from Jesus. Wine is doing sinful things and receiving the wrath or the burning or the destruction for it. So when it says, for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, that means that she, this nation we're talking about, has caused all nations to fall away. Well, what nation took the Bible to the world? Well, it started with England, and then our forefathers came over, and we accelerated it. America is, in my opinion, blessed today because we were the nation that took the Bible to the world. And of course, today, we're the nation that has taken the filth. What nation makes the movies with all their filth? What nation makes the magazines with all their filth and all the radio and all the music? It's America the Great. That's right. America the Great has become a habitation of devils, the hold of every foul mouth, we would say, in the cage of every unclean or the living place of every unclean and hateful bird. And I mentioned, mentioned that. Let me back up on the hateful bird. We have Democrats, or we have the left, and they're always saying, oh, and they're pointing to the right and saying, you're filled with hate. <laughs> and they're the ones that are filled with hate. It seems like the devil is always pointing fingers at the person that is doing what he is doing, because he is the accuser of the brethren. Then it says, for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath, means all nations have fallen away from Christ because of what America has done with her movies, her books, her music, all of the things we've done. We used to be the nation that won people to Jesus. Now we're the nation that takes the filth to the world. That's what he's saying. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. means that these other nations have gone along with taking our movies, our magazines, and our music. I've told this story before. I'll tell you again. Uh, probably 18 years ago, Leslie and I were in Tokyo, and we walked into the hotel, and I noticed this Japanese music playing, and I really liked it. So when we were checking in, I said, uh, could you tell me the name of that, that song? Well, they wrote it down on a piece of paper, and that afternoon, as we were walking up and down the streets of Tokyo, I said, um, where would I go to buy some Japanese music? Oh, and by the way, they're so kind. They love Americans over there. They didn't just point. They walked us several blocks down to this large four-story building that's a block square, and they said, in there. So we walked in. Now, we were expecting <laughs> we were expecting to see Japanese music. No, it was this giant, like about 30-foot-tall statue of Elvis Presley and or the Beatles, and, th and it was all filled with American music. Four stories, one block square. Did we see French music? No. English music? No. Uh, it was all American music. And I said, well, we would like to get a copy of this. Ha, oh, hi, follow me. <laughs> so, so we walked over, and they had this one little bookshelf that was about three foot wide, about, oh, five foot tall. This was the Japanese music. All of the rest of the store was American music. 
See, because the kings of the earth had committed fornication. In other words, the kings of the earth have gone along with us and our filth that we have taken to the entire world. For all nations are drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. Now, here you go. This one is awesome. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. What nation makes the rest of the world rich? Even China. I mean, like Trump keeps saying, well, we got all the cards. He's right. China will cooperate with whatever we want, because without America, China would go back into the Dark Ages. Same thing with the rest of the nations. In other words, when America, they say, sneezes, the rest of the world gets pneumonia. We really do rule the world. We really do. Let me tell you a story, and I kind of hesitate to tell this story. It was probably 10 years ago. One of our supporters was expecting to close the deal and be able to make a very large donation. And because we had so many miles racked up for all of our travels with Power of Jesus Crusades, we were able to fly someplace for free. So, But we had to use them before the end of the year. So long story short, we found ourselves in Switzerland. And we were thinking, okay, well, let's look at a place to maybe put some of this money. So we walked into a couple of the big banking firms. We were in Switzerland. And so we began asking them, okay, can we open an account here and blah, blah. And also, one of our very best supporters had just had uh, all of his money confiscated. They literally took it right out of his account. I mean, you wouldn't think that the government had that kind of power to just take your money. Oh, yes, they do. So one of the questions we asked them, we were thinking, okay, so if we were to get a bunch of money, we'd like to put it in a place where it can't be confiscated. So that's one of the questions we asked them. Oh, no, 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 we cooperate with the United States government. You mean if the government wants to take, now I'm talking about the American government, wants to take money out of a Switzerland bank account, they can't, oh, yes, oh, yes. Well, we begin to see that America really does rule the world. And so when America puts out sanctions against Iran, it is like fingers around their neck. We can squash them. We really do rule the world. And I'll probably continue this tomorrow. October 4, 5, and 6, it's the Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, 1051 Riverside Drive in Evansville, Indiana. Friday evening, 6.30, I'll speak on my seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'll speak on my feast and revelation prophecies chart. Saturday evening, 5 p.m., Leslie will speak on the Kundalini Spirit. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll take half the time with Miss the Mark, my new book, and Leslie will take the rest of it. As you know, I'm called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want you to come so I can lay hands on you and anoint you for you to receive two anointings. The spirit of revelation as I received it when I memorized the book of Revelation. Two, to work in sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives. The room only holds 350 people, and the church is probably going to take from 100 to 150 of them, so it will fill quickly. I suggest you do the $25 registration quickly at endtimesconference.com. $25 registration at endtimesconference.com, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. See you there! In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits, 
is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end-time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the new Jerusalem comes down to earth. And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book supernaturally. So you probably know nothing that is in this book. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 Or a new case price, 60 books for $250. That's 60 books in a case for $250. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings and soon over 300 without interruption. Most people would agree 300 titles, normally $30 each, a gift of $100 a month would be reasonable, $50 a pretty good deal, but the introductory rate for a limited time is just $20 recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. There's no contract. You can cancel any time you want to, and you get the first three days free just to check it out. The best deal is a yearly subscription that will lock in your rate for a year even when we raise the rates. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out. WatchProphecyClub.com. 